0: We're going to be in the book of Luke tonight. The book of Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16. I've got a uh, got a burden tonight. Uh, no doubt the Lord wants to uh, speak to us tonight. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was a nervous wreck. So y'all pray for me. Pray that the Lord would help me tonight, that He would touch my lips, and He would help us tonight with His Word. So Luke chapter number 16, we're going to begin in verse number 19. If you found your place, if you would stand for the reading and reverence of the Word of God. Luke 16, verse number 19. Very familiar story. The Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that as the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my Father's house. Listen tonight, for I have five brethren. If you mark in your Bible, you need to highlight that. For I have five brethren. Brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I want to preach a message entitled this tonight, The Beggars, because there's two. And the brothers, the beggars, and the brothers. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I'm in desperate need of you tonight. God, there's no way I can stand behind this pulpit and preach of myself. God, I pray, Lord, that I'd preach for the audience of one tonight. Lord, that you anoint my lips, God, that you would help me, that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. God, speak to us through your word, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. Notice with me in the text that there is a certain rich man. We see that this certain rich man, that he had it all. He had it all. He was very well to do. And I would say that he has worked very, very hard for his money and that no one has handed him anything. See, there's no fault in this man other than the love of money. Everybody knew who this man was. See, when you're rich, you're a celebrity. When he would roll up in his chariot, it was decked out in the finest rubies. Picture this with me tonight. It would have gold, it would have silver trim, and all the rubies would be decked out all over this chariot. Anytime he would come into town, as people was in the town at the market to buy something or they were there to get some groceries or to buy whatever that they needed, as they seen this man come across the hill, no doubt they looked and they said, oh yeah, that's that rich man. He's the only one that could afford anything like that. He's the only one that would have that. That is no doubt that rich man, this chariot is a rolling Rolls Royce. You knew when you saw this chariot, there's no doubt this rich man. Money was no object with this man. He never price-checked anything. You see, when he wanted something, he would just pay cash for it. This man was a very wealthy man. See, he lived in luxury every single day. You see, the Bible teaches us that he had the very best clothes that money could buy. If he were living today, there's no doubt in my mind, he would have Ralph Lauren, he would have Louis Vuitton, he'd have Gucci and Armani. His closet would be full of these finest things. He had the very best cooks on staff. I'm sure he would pay them very well to work for this man would be an honor because nobody would pay as well as this man he would be good to his staff and everyone that wanted to work for this man there was no mcdonald's or burger king ever coming out of the kitchen oh no See, this man he would have prime rib he'd have filet mignon he'd have ribeye steaks on the menu every single day he'd have a spread across the table during breakfast lunch and supper ain't nobody ever got to get together like this man I'm sure as people was in the town as they would go to their mailboxes. They would, just, they would just go to their mailboxes dreaming that this man would send them an invitation to come to his house. Just so they could see all the luxury things that he had. Just so they could see all the fine things. Just so they could live off his riches for a couple of hours. i bet as he looked at everything that he had, he would stand back and he'd just be in awe. He'd stand back and he'd look and he'd say, man, I've made it. I have got all this, all these things, man, I'm the richest man in this neighborhood. I'm sure he'd look back and just say, man, I'm the wealthiest man. I have got all these things and life doesn't get any better than this. I guarantee you this come across his mind. I've got everything that I've ever wanted. Man, life is so good. See, he was living life and loving life to the fullest. See, this rich man had all that the earth had to offer. He had reached the top in the world's eyes. But I begin to wonder something as I study this. I wonder why in the world is this rich man's name not mentioned in our Bibles? I begin to ponder on that and I begin to think and I begin to pray and I ask the Lord, Lord, why is this rich man's name not mentioned in our Bibles? Listen to me, child of God. If you're not saved, if you've not been washed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus never knows you. That's what the Word of God teaches us. He does not know you. Amen. If you're not a child of God, he does not know who you are. The Bible teaches us in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wow. Then notice in the text, we see a beggar. We see a beggar. A man by the name of Lazarus. His name means a man destitute for help, a needy poor man. We see Lazarus would lay at the rich man's gate as a beggar, full of ulcers all over his body. There's not a doubt in my mind that he would stay there and he was in pain and agony at all times. See, all Lazarus wanted was the small crumbs that got scraped off and thrown in the trash. He wasn't asking for a spare steak. He wasn't asking for some ribs. He wasn't asking for a chicken leg. All he wanted was the crumbs that befell from the rich man's table. But see what the Word of God teaches us, that nobody, not, not, not the servants, not the staff, not this rich man, there was not a soul that was on this property that had any compassion toward this man whatsoever. The only people, well, they're not people, The only the only thing that had compassion on this man was dogs. The animals, they would come by and they would lick his sores nobody cared about this man a man who had nothing here on this earth a man who was not much a man who was ignored by the people but listen to me tonight a man who had the lord amen there's a big difference number one i want us to see the cry tonight the cry notice with me that the rich man that he cries out from hell in verse number 24 Church, I want us to understand something tonight. Hell is a real place. Hell is a place of torment, and hell is an eternal separation from a holy and a righteous God. You may say, well, how do you know that there's a hell? The Bible teaches us that there's a hell. See, Jesus speaks of a literal hell in Mark 9:44, 46, and 48. Jesus quotes this three times: where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. There is a literal hell. This rich man cries out because of the torment and pain. His body is burning so bad that he's begging for one drop of water just to cool the tip of his tongue. His body is in a blaze, eternal damnation. He's full of sores and pain and distress. And see, it will go on for eternity. I'd say that there's a really good chance that this rich man, when he was alive on the earth, he's very religious. I'm sure he was very religious. I'd say that he had a head knowledge of the Lord, but not a heart knowledge of the Lord. I wonder how many times he heard about God. I wonder how many services he sat in. I'd say there's a good chance when he would go to the temple, he'd go to the temple and they would say, oh, that rich man's coming. We, we, we've gotta make sure that we've got him a front row seat, right? We gotta make sure that he's got the best parking slot, uh, parking spot that way he can get out of the parking lot and walk into the temple. We gotta make sure that the front row is clear, that he can sit right there, because no doubt this rich man has all kinds of money. And when we pass out them offering plates, we want to make sure that he put some of his riches in that offering play. I'd say no doubt in my mind that he was very, very religious. You say, well, where do you see that at? Look who he cries out to in verse number 24. He says, Father Abraham. See, the Jews would call Abraham their father because of their descents from him. Abraham followed God and Abraham walked with the Lord. Listen now, he knew of the father, but he did not know the father. There's a huge difference in knowing the Father, amen. Are you with me? There's such a big difference in that. And I want to ask you tonight, do you know the Father? Have you met the Father? Has there ever been a time in your life that you realized that you were lost, that you were undone, that you were headed for hell? Do you just have a head knowledge of the Father tonight? Or do you have a heart knowledge of the Father? Has Jesus ever come in? Has there ever been a time in your life that you realized that you was lost and you were headed for hell and you bowed on your knees and you called on a holy and righteous God to save your soul? It's the most important thing in life tonight, amen? To know the Father. We have got to know the Father. But I I, I, I hate to say tonight, I'm sure there's so many people, they have a head knowledge of the Father, but they have truly never met the Father. And that scares me and that burdens me tonight. I wonder how many people that's sitting in here tonight You just have a head knowledge. There has never been a heart knowledge whatsoever. You have never bowed on your knees. You you, you can never go back in your mind to a place where you called on a holy and a righteous God. Do you just have a head knowledge tonight? When God the Father looks at you, does he see that you're righteous? Does he see that his son's blood has been applied to your life? Wow. Wow. This rich man, he is tormented day and night, 24 hours, seven days a week in this flame. No escape, total darkness, agony for all eternity. He had it all according to the world standards. But let me remind you, child of God, you have nothing without Jesus, amen. You take Jesus out of my life, I'm just a big zero. I am a nobody, I'm a lost man headed for hell when you take Jesus out of my life. Man, how important it is. All that this rich man wanted, listen to me. Was Lazarus the one who was poor and needy, the one who hung around his gate just to come and comfort him? As he looked up from hell, he cries out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool the tip of my tongue, because hell's so hot that even my tongue is on fire. Wow. The second thing that I noticed in, this, in the word of God here is this word comfort. Let me remind us all this evening, there will be no comfort in hell. Hell is no party. Hell is not a place to go hang out with your friends and family. Hell is, not a, place, hell is a place of torture and torment. Amen. Matthew 22, 13 says, then, then, uh, then said the kings unto the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him to the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell will be a place of weeping and gnashing of your teeth. Weeping for the pain, weeping for the memories of denying Christ, gnashing for the physical pain and agony of what your soul will endure forever, grinding your teeth due to the pain and agony. Hell is and will be an eternal separation from a holy and a righteous God. Listen to me tonight. Sir, I wouldn't go to hell for anybody. Ma'am, I would not go to hell for anybody tonight. Young person, don't go to hell for nobody. Are you hearing me? How important it is to know the Father and to have a relationship with the Father. We must understand tonight that God made hell for Satan and his demons, and he never made hell for you and I, and he doesn't send people to hell. The only reason people go there is not accepting his dear son, Jesus Christ. We sang about it this morning, how we're amazed that he would trade everything for rotten, no-good sinners like us. Listen tonight, I want to tell you something. If you hadn't heard it in a long time, I want you to know something tonight. Jesus loves you. Are you hearing me? Jesus loves you tonight, amen? If that don't make you smile, I don't know what else will. I love to tell myself that Jesus loves me. We could go out in the field, we could grab any flower that we wanted to, and we could pick off each petal. We can say, He loves me, He loves me. He loves me, it ain't He loves me, He loves me not. It's He loves me in every petal that we pick off. It's He loves me, and He loves me, and He loves me. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus loves you, amen? Oh yes, Jesus loves you. We must understand that Jesus loves us. And He still has spots reserved for whosoever will. And He'll never run out of room. Jesus Christ stepped in your place in every drop of blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. It's good for all eternity. He wants to save you tonight. He wants to change your life. He wants to pick you up out of that muck and mire and he wants to clean you up. He wants to set your feet on the solid rock. Amen. 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 Wow. Notice that there is a choice. Once you die, it's too late. Once you take your last breath on this earth, there will be no second chances whatsoever. See, this rich man knows he can't go to heaven. He realizes it's too late. We preach God is gracious. God is merciful. God is long-suffering. But God gives man free will, amen? Every single one of us tonight, we all have a choice. Listen to me. Have you made that decision? He made a way for you to escape it tonight. But can you go back to that place? Can you sit here tonight as I'm preaching to you and can you even think back to the time and the place that you met Jesus Christ? Where you was at, what you was doing, what you was wearing, maybe uh, what church you was at. Maybe it's a date. Maybe somebody wrote down the date and they gave you a Bible. Whatever it is, can you go back to that time and that place that Jesus Christ saved your soul? Oh, my goodness. Do you even know? Is he your savior tonight? You're not saved. This is what the Word of God teaches us. Listen close. Listen to me tonight. Some of the best verses in all the Word of God Romans 10 9, 10 10, and 10 13. Listen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. Amen. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For, what, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lastly, notice the rich man's concern. I told you to highlight, for I have five brethren. He says, send Lazarus to them. He is thinking about how he wants his family to escape this horrible place of hell. Since the rich man has entered eternity, he knows now that there is no escape, but he has, he has made a choice not to accept the Lord. But listen to me tonight. Now he has concern for his family. I guarantee you when he was living it up, he had no concern for his family at all. Why would he? He had all the riches in the world, right? All he was consumed with was himself. All he was consumed with is what he could buy for himself. All the money. What, what, what new toy can I get for myself? That's all he was concerned with tonight is what can I get me next? Now he has concern for his family. Wow. Abraham tells him they have Moses, which is the law, and the prophets. They have the Bible and the teachers of the Bible. If they do not hear the word of God from them, they will not believe, though one went from them one went to them from the dead. Whoever's back here, if you can put that picture up here for me. The first one. I don't know if Jason told y'all, but if you can. I work with Pastor Zach over there. We try our best every single day at work. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's not about me. It's not about Pastor Zach. But we're trying our best to to read the Word of God every single day at work. We go on break and we open our Bibles and we read and we study. We'll share some things with one another. Well, people watch. People begin to see what you're doing and they're like, is that a Bible? I had a guy ask me the other day if it was a uh, Webster's Dictionary or an encyclopedia. I thought, no, sir, it's, it's the Word of God. Amen. But people, people notice when you've got the, the Holy Book open, amen? Uh-huh. So we're trying our best. We're reading the Word of God. And there's no doubt in my mind God has placed us there for such a time as this. Because there's no, no doubt in my mind that God has me there for a time and for a purpose. But we've been reading the Word of God. We've been trying our best to study. We had a man come up to us and talk to us about the Bible. He said, hey man, can I, can I sit down with you and read? We said, yeah, that'd be no problem. Begin to read. He began to open up with us and share some things with us. I think Pastor Jason, or uh, excuse me, Pastor Zach gave him a, a church card. Told him to come out here because he didn't have a church. Lives all the way out in Bakersville. That's a good hall. He come to this church for the first time. Was under conviction. We begin to share with him our testimonies the day that we accepted Christ. You can see it on his face. And he didn't want to leave, did he? He didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay. Zach asked him, he said, do you know Jesus is your Savior? He said, no. He said, I don't. We begin to come up here. Pastor Keith and Grace and y'all were up here. I said, come down here and let's pray with this man. Open the Bible. We begin to share with him, as you can see in this picture. We're sharing with him the Romans road. He called on Jesus to be a savior right here. But where I'm going with this, listen to me. Are we concerned at all? Are we concerned at all, the people that were around, the people that we, that we see, are we concerned at all that if they do not get saved, they're going to die and go to hell? When was the last time, listen to me tonight, church, when was the last time that we called out our families to a holy and righteous God? There's, there's, I guarantee you that we could go from person to person in here or not. Everybody in here has probably got lost family. When was the last time that we called their name out to a holy and a righteous God? We fell on our knees and we prayed and we begged God, God, if you, if you don't save them, Lord, they're going to die and go to hell. When was the last time that we were concerned with people, that we were concerned with souls? When was the last time... That we see people for who they are. We looked at them. We said, they're a soul. They're a precious soul. Go to picture number two. This is after that man accepted Christ. Look at his face. How important it is to be concerned with people tonight. Yeah. If you're saved, if you're born again, when was the last time, church, that you come to an altar? When was the last time that you got in your prayer closet and you cried out to a holy and a righteous God? I'm concerned. I'm concerned. This rich man was concerned, but it was too late. He was concerned, but it was too late. Who needs to come pray tonight? If you come up and play on the piano for us, who needs to come pray tonight? if you're here tonight and you're lost I beg you to come somebody will come up here and pray with you if you're here tonight and you've got lost family you've got lost friends I beg you, come pray for them let's all find us a place in this altar and let's all cry out to a holy and a righteous God for them come, everybody in here has got lost family and friends, come pray come pray Cry out to a holy and a righteous God for them. We must see them for who they are. Let's be concerned tonight, amen. Let's be concerned. God, help me be concerned.